I'm going to direct your attention for a few moments, and I will not be lengthy, I don't think, in my remarks. I, be, I have to be careful when I say that because, you know, sometimes preachers say that and then they just keep rambling and rambling and rambling. Well, I'm going to try not to do that, but I'm, I, I have a passion in my heart tonight, and I hope that God will enable me to uh, get that through to you. Amen. I don't want you looking at me like a mule through a new gate. Amen. We know each other. I hope we trust each other. And I hope you know that I've prayed about this today and that God has given us direction. Amen. So whatever the Lord says, if it gets close to where I live, instead of shoveling it over my shoulder, there is a necessity of taking it to myself. Psalms 106, verse number 19. And let's read from the Word of God. I want you to listen carefully. Psalms 106, verse number 19. And um, I would pray that God would help me to unburden my heart uh, to our church in, in this place. And it reads like this. They made a calf in Horeb and worshipped the molten image. And thus they changed their glory into the similitude of an ox that eateth grass. They forgot God their Savior, which had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham, and terrible things by the Red Sea. Therefore he said that he would destroy them, had not Moses his chosen stood before him in the breach, to turn away his wrath, lest he should destroy them. Yea, they despised the pleasant land. Listen to this. They despised the pleasant land. And that refers to the promised land. The pleasant land was the promised land. And the word despise means that they belittled the promised land. Think about that. A land that God said flowed with milk and honey. I'm going to give it to you. And they despised what God was giving to them that they didn't have to work for. He said, you're not going to have to sow vineyard. You're not going to have to sow crop. You're going to go in. You're going to take the land and you're going to take residence in a place that you didn't invest one nickel in and yet they belittled that. Amen. They didn't look at it in the way that they ought to. They murmured in their tents. And hearken not unto the voice of the Lord. They would listen to everybody else, but they wouldn't listen to God. Amazing. <clears throat> to overthrow their seed also among the nations and to scatter them. Or, or Pardon me, I skipped a few verses. Let me go back up. I, I, I jumped too far. They forgot their Savior, which, they had, which had done great things, wondrous works in the land, terrible things. And they despised the pleasant land, verse 24, and they believed not the word, but murmured in their tents and hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord. Therefore, verse 26, he lifted up his hand against them to overthrow them in the wilderness, to overthrow their seed also among the nations and to scatter them in the lands. They joined themselves also unto Baal Peor and ate the sacrifice of the dead. Thus they provoked him, speaking of the Lord, to anger 
with their inventions, and the plague break in upon them. Then stood up Phineas and executed judgment, and so the plague was stayed. And that, what, what was that? That he stood up and he acted. Then stood up Phineas and executed judgment, and so the plague was stayed. And that action was counted unto him for righteousness unto all generations forever. And somebody said amen. I want to take two words and pull them out for my subject tonight. And those two words are stood up. Then stood up Phineas and executed judgment. And my question to you tonight, will someone please stand up? Amen. Will somebody please stand up? Clap your hands to the Lord and let's give him praise one more time. God, and everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I am not an alarmist, and I think if you know me very well, you know that I am not uh, an extremist by any measure, but I do come tonight to sound an alarm. There are times that it's important for uh, the man of God to step forth and make a declaration The Bible said, if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, how will they arm themselves? How will they prepare themselves for battle? And so it is imperative. I don't come here tonight to tickle your ears or preach something that will be cute and make you feel good. I come to make you aware uh, more than anything. I didn't come to gripe. I didn't come to uh, stand on my soapbox and beat it tonight. But I have come to open your eyes afresh and cause you to realize anew where we are. We live in a very dark, dark time. I was thinking about this the other day and remembered the story about a little girl who came running into the house and the clock in the town, the big clock in the main part of town that sounded every hour had sounded 15 times. It had broken and had gone haywire and it had sounded 15 times. And the little girl didn't know what was going on and it disturbed her and so she came running into the house and she said, Oh, Mama, 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 it's later than it's ever been. And you know what? That is the truth. It is later than it has ever been. And we are in a great spiritual conflict tonight. More than just life and death struggles. More than just your personal problems. Tonight we are in an eternal struggle. We are in a struggle with wickedness and evil. And it is imperative that we remind ourselves of that. When I look at the Word of God and I read the Word of God and then I look at the times in which we live, 
I realize one thing. Not much has changed over time when it comes to this conflict. Amen. Not much has changed. Uh, if you read from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, books that were written almost 2,000 years ago and even more than that, you find that though the setting has changed and the cultures have changed and inventions have increased, the truth is that the base underlying conflict has not changed. It is still light against darkness, truth against error. It is still right against wrong. And I know that in the world in which we live, there are not very many preachers and there are not very many churches where you will hear what I just said because we, we don't want to mess up anybody's apple cart and we don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. But the truth is there's a war going on, folks. There is a war that is going on right now, a war that involves our lives and it is affecting our lives and that is the war between light and darkness, right and wrong, truth and error, righteousness and unrighteousness. It is so important that we understand that you cannot mix those two and find something in between that you like better. When you read the Word of God, you find it very clearly stated that there was a line that God drew and there was a demarcation between good and evil. And he said to Adam and Eve, you can have anything in this garden you want to have but that tree. And it was a line that was drawn for them around that tree. And you know the story. And we have suffered the consequences even to that to this day of men and women who cross the line, who think that line isn't important, or they think it's outdated, or they think it is of no importance to their life. And that's why we are where we are right now, not only as a nation, but as a people and as a social community and as a culture. We are so warped in our minds and our thinking that we will give condoms to our kids at school, but we will not let them pray. Tell me, folks, if something is not wrong with that picture. We'll make them, hey, listen to me. We live in an hour when we make them pass through metal detectors to get into the school. But once they get into the school, they pass out condoms to them so they'll know how to have safe sex. That's the world we live in. It's not only that, but it's also in this world that we live, this spiritual world. You know, the sad truth today is that what goes on out there in what we consider to be the world is also going on sometimes within the church. Amen. I hate to admit it tonight, but statistics prove that divorce is just as much in the church as it is out of the church. There was a time when the divorce rate in the church was different than that out, but not any longer. It's about the same. 
Not only that, but immorality. We don't think anything anymore in our culture for people to sleep together, live together, break laws that are morally put there because of God and by God, and we will break them intentionally and purposely and look at God and say, do something about it. Do something to me. Strike me dead if you're really God. And God in His mercy holds that hand of judgment. And I say tonight that He holds that hand because He could execute judgment if He wanted. He has done it many times in the past. But that's the world in which we live. Morals are confused. We don't know whether right is right anymore or whether wrong is wrong because there's been this mixing and blurring of the lines. And so now we learn to justify everything that we want to justify. And I have come to tell this church tonight and to let you know that there's still a line. You may not like it. I may not like it. It may not be comfortable. But there is a line. And there is a right. And there is a wrong. And you must learn the difference between the two. Amen. We must learn again the difference between the two. Our text takes us back a long time. A time when Israel was on its way to the promised land. They had been taken out of Egyptian bondage by the hand of God. And they were led through the wilderness. They were in a long journey because of unbelief and doubt. And because of rebellion and a lot of other issues that came up when they came out of Egypt. God got them out of Egypt in a night, but it took him a long time to get Egypt out of them. And for a long time, Israel longed for that place where they had been slaves. Is that not warped? Can you imagine God delivering somebody, bringing them out of a hellhole, bringing them out of abuse and out of all kinds of pressures and wrong and putting them on a path to a promised land and then on the way to that promised land or when they look at that promised land they despise it they belittle it they say it's not it's not all that much it isn't that much if there's not that much to it and yet God kept leading them and it was during this time that our text took place Israel was in a place very close to the promised land they had camped there and had been there for quite some time and something began to happen while they were there I don't know how it happens but it does uh, somehow the, the Israelite men began to slip out of the camp and uh, they began to associate with the Moabitish women and that was forbidden by God that was not to happen and not only that they began to engage in sexual activities and, and not that only but then they began to even acknowledge their God they would eat the, the, the meat offered to the gods of, of the Moabites and, and, and so something happened to the people of God they began to stagger backward and it was in that setting that our text took place 
It was in that place where God was, he was getting ready to do something catastrophic to them because of their sin. He said they committed whoredom. They became infected with the disease of uncleanness. They began to mix with the crowd and they began to run with the crowd of the Moabites. And being like that and being like them angered God because God didn't bring them out for them to act like that and not be like he had called them to be and so the anger of the Lord was kindled against them and he commanded Moses go back in the book of Numbers and read it and he said I command you Moses I want you to bring the heads of the people the leaders of these people that have allowed this to happen and I want you to hang their head in front of the people of Israel as a witness against this unrighteous deed and then I want you to go throughout the camp I want the leaders to go throughout the camp and slay every man and every person that has been involved in this sinful activity so you get the setting it's quite a heavy atmosphere and evidently it caused Israel to fall on their face because the Bible said that they were weeping at the door of the tabernacle they assembled themselves when they realized the wrath of God that was about to come on them and they saw what was happening among them they were stirred and the scripture says in numbers that they were on their faces before God at the door of the tabernacle weeping get the picture Israel everywhere out there around the tabernacle kneeling bowing, praying, calling out to God. And in the midst of that kind of atmosphere, here comes an Israelite with a Moabitish woman right through that prayer meeting, right through all of that weeping. And he went into his tent with that Moabitish woman. And the Bible said that when Phineas saw that, something happened in him. There was a righteous indignation that just rose up inside of him. And I don't know what he said. All I know is what he did. But I have a feeling that if Phineas said anything, he must have said, enough is enough. I am sick of this and I am not going to sit down and watch this happen any longer. And the Bible said he stood up. He stood up and he got a sword and he went after that man and that woman and he pierced them through and he spared Israel from the judgment of God because he was willing to stand up and confront that ungodly and vile and wicked spirit. I wonder tonight, is there anybody at greater life that's had enough? Is there anybody here tonight that has come to a place in your life when you said enough is enough? I'm ready to stand up and I'm ready to take the sword of the Spirit and I'm ready to go to battle for the cause of righteousness and holiness. Come on, let's clap our hands to the Lord right now. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Phineas, you can be seated. Phineas was the grandson of Aaron. And what he saw stirred something in him. So much so that he was enraged. And he stood up and he took the sword in his hand and he went after that man. I have come tonight to see if there is anyone here in this place that is tired of what you see going on around you. Is there anyone here tonight that's fed up with the boldness of evil? Is there anybody here tonight that's wearied with the grossness of sin? Is there anybody here tonight that will stand up in your spirit and in your mind and in your life and say, you know what? I don't know what I can do, but I make up my mind tonight. I'm going to do something. I'm going to take the sword of the spirit and I'm going to go to war. I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to pray like I've never prayed before. And when I get up from praying, I'm going to live like I've never lived before. And when I've lived like I've never lived before, I'm going to worship like I've never worshipped before because I'm tired of what I see going on around me. You know what's wrong with us and what's wrong with our world is that we have lost our ability to be shocked. We have lost our ability to be awed and we have lost our ability to be shamed. Amen. We have. We read about it. We hear about it so much. It just goes in one ear and out the other. But somewhere in the midst there was a Phineas. While everybody was praying and moaning. Phineas saw something. And he said you know what I'm going to do more than just pray. I'm going to take action. And he took a sword. Now I'm not encouraging anybody to go out and get a physical sword. And go after anybody. But you know what I'm talking about. You can make the spiritual analogy. What I am telling you is at time that somebody stood up and said, you know what? Enough of ungodliness. Enough of unrighteousness. Enough of darkness. Enough of evil. You know what? I can't stop people from doing what they're going to do. But I can take action. And I can let the Lord know, God, I don't like this. And I don't want this. And when Phineas did, the Bible said God counted it to him as righteousness forever. God wrote it down in his book. That's my kind of man. That's the man I'm going to bless. That's the man I'm going to prosper. That's the man I want in my camp. Would to God that there was a spirit of Phineas that would come to this church and come to some of us and cause us to stand up. Amen. Stand up. Someone who would stand to their feet and take that sword of the Spirit and go after it. Stand up and say, enough is enough. Stand up and say, not in my house. No, 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 not in my house. Some of you know, you're, you're too comfortable 
with all of this. And that's what's wrong with us. We are too comfortable. We need a, 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 a righteousness to come up in us. We need a righteous indignation to rise up in us and say, you know what? This isn't cute. It's not funny. It's not entertaining. It's not helpful. It's not healthy. This is not what I want my children to turn into. This is not what my children need to see. I am going to take a stand. Amen. Some of you need to take a stand by turning off a television. Yeah, I said it. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to tell you why you need to turn it off. Because almost every sitcom that is popular in our culture right now promotes two things, dysfunctional families and homosexuality. And they are feeding it down the airways of America. And you know what? There may come a time when somebody walks through those doors and tells me I can't preach what I'm preaching right now. But you're not in another church. You're in this church. And I'm going to preach it tonight. Somebody needs to stand up and say enough is enough. Enough is enough. I will not. I shall not. You know what? I was so excited. I didn't realize what was going on when it happened. But when those, that homosexual crowd, and I'm not against those people. I don't hate them. I hate the sin. And the Bible calls it sin. And the Bible makes it very clear what will happen to those that live in that lifestyle. You can't take that out. It's in the book. And it's in the New Testament. You know what thrilled me the other day? It's when that group got up and said, we're going to boycott Chick-fil-A. Come on. I dare you to knock that chip off. We were in Florida, and Ryan and I, we were going to Krispy Kreme. But on the way to Krispy Kreme, there was a... Chick-fil-A. And this is early in the morning. And when we come by there, I noticed that cars, almost everybody in front of me was turning into Chick-fil-A. And I thought, well, you know, that is a good place to eat breakfast. I didn't realize what was going on until I got back to the room and my wife get, began to talk to me about what they were putting on Facebook and the, and the line that was wrapped around this one down here. You know what? We need that. We need men and women that will stand up and say, you know what? You can tell all you want to tell, but there's a righteousness that's going to be presented and I'm not ashamed of it. You're not going to intimidate me and you're not going to laugh me out. I will not back down from that amen stand up and say not in my house 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 house. you need to watch and guard your family 
because there is a subtleness. You know what? You know what I've noticed and what disturbs me about our world? Is that there are a lot of people that are unconcerned. They don't care. And their idea, and this is where that minority group gets their power from or from all of us that will not or won't open our mouth and say something. And we're just, well, you know, it's not my problem as long as it doesn't bother me. That's what Hezekiah said. Hezekiah said, well, Lord, as long as it's well with me. But what he, he failed to understand is that he sold his family. And the Bible said that when his reign came to an end, that his nation was invaded and his sons were taken into captivity and they were made eunuchs. That meant they were unable to ever reproduce of their kind. And that's what the world is trying to do to us right now. It's trying to neuter us. It's trying to cut our tongue off so we don't have a voice. But somebody needs to stand up and say, as long as I have breath in my life, I am going to say righteousness and holiness still matter and God is still interested in me living that way. There are a lot of people that are unconcerned. But I want to tell you what blows my mind and it makes me sick to my stomach is that how many people are entertained by this kind of world that we live in. And by entertained, I mean they're humored by it. They laugh about it. They Facebook about it. They get connected to it. If it's off color or if it's, if it's wrong or if it's shady or if it's questionable, they entertain themselves by talking about it and by gossiping over it. God help us tonight. Somebody needs to stand up and say, you know what? Enough is enough. Enough is enough. Stand up in prayer. Stand up in righteousness. Stand up in faithfulness. And make a difference. You know what? You could say, well, all Phineas did was just take one man and one woman out. But that one man and one woman turned the tide. That action turned the tide. And it stemmed the judgment of God. And God was so moved by that action. He was so moved by that passion and that that burden for righteousness. He was so moved by a man that was so enraged by what he saw happening that he counted it as righteousness. Folks, that's a powerful statement for God to call it righteousness. What is he saying? He said, I am concerned. I am a part of and I am connected to those who will stand up. Amen. God is connected to those who will stand up. I believe tonight if we will stand up, something will happen. I said I believe if we will stand up, something will happen. I don't know. We're not ever going to convert the whole world, but we can convert somebody. And if we can make the difference in one life, if we can save one family, it's worth standing up for. 
And you know what? Listen to me. If we don't save anybody, it's still worth standing up for righteousness. Noah preached for 120 years and all that he got on the ark was his family. But folks, it was worth it because he saved his family. You look around and say, well, Brother Hughes, we're going down. No, we're not going down. There may be people going away, but we're not going down. We're going up. I said, we're going up. And I don't know what your mindset is. You may be satisfied and you may think it's cute and you may just be disconnected and you may not care. But I believe that somewhere in this building tonight, there's a Phineas. I believe somewhere in this building tonight, there's somebody that's connected with what you felt out of your pastor. And you feel that same way. And you said, you know what? I need to stand up. I've been sitting back. I've been passive. I've been just laughing about it. I've been joking about it. I've even been a part of it. But not anymore. Not anymore. Not, not after tonight. I don't want that in my house. I don't want that in my church. I don't want that in my city. I don't want that in my community. I don't want that in our people. And Phineas stood up and took a sword and took action. Oh, I wonder what would happen tonight if people in greater life would start standing up. Standing up for your family. Standing up for righteousness. Standing up for godliness. Standing up for purity. Standing up for what is good. Amen. And saying, you know what? I've had enough of this. Amen. I've had enough of this. Praise God. I wonder if anybody tonight is interesting, interested in standing. Amen. I said, is anybody in this building interested in standing? Is there anybody here tonight that will stand up and say, God, you can count me in. I'm not going to get comfortable with this world like it is. I don't know what I can do, but I'm going to do what I can do. I, I don't know if I can make a lot of difference, but I'm going to make a difference whatever I can. Hallelujah. I don't know what, what all is going to happen, and I don't know where it's going to lead, but God, I've made up my mind. I'm going to do what I can do to make a difference. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Stand. And he stood up. And he stood up. Oh, I feel something when I say that. There's something in me that rises up when I say that. And he stood up. Oh, yeah. And he stood up. Shook himself and said, you know what? Enough of this. This is not right. How long has it been since we have looked at unrighteousness and said of it, that's not right. That's not right. That's not acceptable. That's not what we want. That's not where we want to be. You know, a lot of people, I'm sure, can find fault with the church, and there are a lot of people that do. It's not this. It's not that. It has this. It has that. If it wasn't for that person or that person, you know, I'm not talking about our church. I'm just talking about churches in general. Everybody's got something against 
you know, I say everybody, a lot of people have something against the church. And that's okay if that's, if that's how they feel. I, I'm not going to fight them over that. But you know what? God has been way too good to me and my family for me to let my mouth be shut and my hands folded and look around and say, not good, but what can I do? Well, I don't really like it, but what can I do? You can stand up. You can stand up. You can stand up against unrighteousness. You can stand up against gossip. You can stand up against evil. You can stand up against immorality. You can stand up against the filth of this world and say, you know what? Not in my house. Not in my home. Amen. Is there anybody here tonight that's interested in standing? If you are, I want you to slip out and meet me here at this altar as a testimony to God tonight. I don't know what I can do, God, and I don't know how you can use me, Lord, but I I feel like Brother Hughes, enough is enough. I I feel like uh, the preacher tonight. Uh, It's gone far enough. I, I need to do something. I've got to do something tonight. I've got to stand. I've got to take a stand. I've got to get on my feet. I've been laying down too long. I've been too complacent. I've been too satisfied. I've I've been too content with all of this garbage and trash and filth that's coming. Lord, I, I, I believe that I can make a difference. I believe that I can make a difference by just standing. I'm going to stand, Lord, for righteousness. I'm going to stand for holiness. I'm going to stand for purity. I'm going to stand for godliness. I'm going to stand for what is good. I'm going to stand against evil. I'm going to stand against evil. I'm going to stand against the filth of this time.